The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. This week's episode, we are talking with Kat and Victoria from Lawn. And this is just like the pop of color, a little pop of personality that you need in your week. Um, We're going to get into it in just a second. But Emma and I have been wanting to talk to Lawn for a long time. They're another Toronto duo. They have very similar like strengths um, and division of of strengths that Emma and I do, and it just felt like kindred spirits. And not to mention, we're loving a really nice fragrant candle these days, and Lawn's candles are just gorgeous. The packaging is so fun. The yeah, the candles just look so different, and I feel like. They're, um, they're creating a space in the market that I'm really glad they are. So this episode, we talk all about their founder's story, how they got connected, their background, um, and then we had some fun with the quick hits at the end. So you'll want to make sure you stay listening to, to hear what they had to say there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope when you're listening to this episode, it sounds like just friends chatting because it felt like just a very easy conversation. So if you are listening, you're one of our friends in the crew, okay? And we're all just sitting around chatting and you're part of you're part of the conversation even though you can't talk to us right now. Just envision it like that because it's a very easygoing, yeah. laid-back conversation. And I think it's really interesting their backgrounds and how I think it's important to remember like you don't have to have a business degree to go become an entrepreneur. In fact, if you have like specialization in a certain thing, from your education, whether that's through university or something else, that just gives you more of an edge because Kat and Vic came to launching a candle company, not just like teaching themselves on the side how to make a candle, but they actually come with all of their engineering background and their expertise to really create amazing products. And I think that's what helps them stand out. So I think if you're taking one thing away from this episode, it's that follow your passions. You don't need to have a business degree to become an entrepreneur. And that actually could help you in the end. It sure can. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we have the founders of Lawn with us. We have Katerina Jeske and Victoria Mirzwa. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) We're super excited to chat with you. So we always like to start off our episodes with some background. And when I was doing my research on you before this episode, I realized you both have engineering backgrounds, which I don't know if we've ever had anyone on the show who comes from an engineering background. So I would love to hear from both of you and just kind of what your journey has been like um, prior to Lawn and, and what prompted you to found the company. Of course. Yeah. Kat and I have both like very different, but also very similar stories in a funny way. Um, we both went to the same high school and I'm two years older So we weren't um, close friends. And then we both ended up at Queen's for chemical engineering and and studied that. For me, um, I can tell you a little bit about my story in a nutshell, and then Kat Kat can can shed some light on on her background. 
But school was definitely a grind. I still, I just did a TikTok on this, but I still have nightmares to this day of my university calling me and being like, um, no, you didn't actually graduate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but I was really good at math and science. So it felt like a natural fit to do, um, to do engineering, but I was also really creative. So I think I've always been kind of fighting that balance. And then after graduating, it was hard for me to find a job in my third and fourth year in between. I worked at Sephora and that's kind of, I've always loved cosmetics. I've always loved fragrance. Um, I grew up in a family of, with two younger sisters and a mom who loved, who loved beauty. And yeah, after I graduated, I had a lot of interviews. Um, nothing really was working out for me. And I ended up taking a job in insurance. And it was actually very lucky because it was there that I met someone whose friend's dad owned a cosmetic manufacturer in Burlington, Ontario. So like from the really crummy job, I was <laughs> able to connect with someone that was eerily enough like the perfect fit. So I was able to start working for this cosmetic manufacturer and I worked with them for about two and a half years. But it was um, what they do is they manufacture hotel toiletries. So it was around the time when they were developing products for brands like Lolabo and Byredo. So as soon as I got to meet those types of brand founders and work in the lab, I was basically hooked. Um, and then, and then, yeah, it's it's been a journey ever since working first for the manufacturer and then for um, a sales company, and then I eventually worked for L'Oreal. And then Kat and I connected, and and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the reason we came together was just because we felt so similar about our engineering path and how <laughs> difficult it was to kind of enter into the cosmetics and fragrance industry. But like Vic, I still have nightmares mostly of um, myself failing exams. <laughs> um, so it was just, it was a grind for sure, four years of engineering. And I just knew I didn't really belong on the the typical path that everyone was, you know, proceeding with after their fourth year, um, things like mining, engineering, and oil and gas, and, you know, going into med school wasn't for me. So um, I, like Vic, I, I had a huge passion for, for cosmetics and fragrance. And after my fourth year of university, I worked for free for a cosmetic distributor because I was just so desperate to get some experience. And the industry is quite small in Toronto. It's definitely growing, but it was really hard to get experience back when we graduated. Um, so it was at that time when I was working as an intern that I was on LinkedIn every single day trying to find a contact at Estee Lauder and I was sending messages to people. And finally, I found the director of quality assurance and sent him a long email about why I'm super passionate about working for the company. Eventually, I got an interview as a chemist um, and landed the job there in quality, which was really great. I was so so happy and um, I'm so grateful to this day to have that experience under my belt. Um, and it was while I was there, I thought I would need a little bit more education in the field, especially in regards to fragrance, because they're, the fragrance industry compared to the cosmetics industry is even smaller um, in the GTA. So I found a program in Europe called the European Fragrance and Cosmetics Master um, at a school called ISIPCA. Uh, that was started by Guerlain and I applied and got in and it was with um, it was with 19 other international students um, all in English luckily one year of science one year of business all related to the industry uh, and for that program we had to complete an internship so I came back to Canada and I worked in research and development at Estee Lauder and then it was at that time I connected with Vic on LinkedIn and we said hey let's start our own thing 
both of our fathers are entrepreneurs. So I think it was just in our blood that we had to start something of our own. And again, we were just super passionate about scent, about cosmetics, about um, design, packaging, and we came together and started our own, you know, Vic had a PowerPoint presentation with different ideas and designs and products she loved. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is like exactly our our vibe is is perfect. Um, and yeah, that was in 2015. And the rest is history, as and Vic said. Now, now yeah. here we are. Yeah. Amazing. Um, one question that comes to mind for me, I think back to when I was going into my undergrad at 18 and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. When you went into engineering, was the plan always to go start your own thing or did you see yourself doing a more traditional engineering career at first? I think I had some experience. So in, after my third year, I worked for a mining engineering company and I knew it wasn't for me after working there. It was great experience, but I knew I wasn't interested, but I always talked about starting my own thing. Even one of my best friends to this day in university was like, I remember you talking about it all the time. Like that was your goal. So um, yeah, it was definitely in my head. However, I didn't know what that looked like and I had no idea, you know, what, what I'd be doing. Um, but I'm super, super grateful we're here today. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to study art. Um, <laughs> I actually got into Queens for fine arts and I got into OCAD for fine arts and I uh, also got into Queens for chemical engineering. And my mom was like, do you want to make money when you graduate? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she's like, you have to do engineering. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever you want. So, you know, kind of struggled my way. I'll never forget in fourth year, there's this big thing for engineers at, at Queens. It's called SciFormal. And they basically completely decorate this massive building. I ended up just skipping like an insane amount of school in fourth year to decorate this, this formal because I was just like, that's just my passion. So I think in the end I graduated um, and I, I did decently well. And I, I'm so thankful for the education, but I think I've just been fighting that, that desire to do um, something super creative ever since uh, starting school. And yeah, definitely like speaking to like our, our, our dad's um, experience working as entrepreneurs, that's definitely uh, inspired me to always want to start my own thing. Yeah. Are both of your dads solo entrepreneurs or do they have partners? Solo. Interesting. Yep. Yep. I'm always so curious. We get, we're very fortunate to interview a lot of partners, co-founders. And I want to know, like, it's one thing to connect with someone because you did the same program and happened to go to the same high school. How did you know that you guys were going to get into business together? What was that like trigger for you? I think we connected just like so quickly and easily. Like I had always been sort of watching from a distance at what Kat had been up to. Like I knew that she was working for Estee Lauder and I really, really admired that. And then when I saw that she had studied perfumery and I at the time was just you know, still living at home, spending my money on like every apothecary product. And it was a time just like when lots of really niche brands from the States would be coming to Canada. Like this was almost 10 years ago at this point. And I just saw it all. And I had the experience in, in the product manufacturing side. And I was like, I want to do this, but I don't, I don't think I want to do it by myself and reached out to Kat. And she had been, you had been what you had been playing around with candle making at the time. Mm -hmm. I was making candles in my parents' basement. So also work, living at home, working for Estee Lauder and trying to figure out my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, as much as I always wanted to be a creative person, 
like I, I was trying to be that creative person. I was like, okay, I need to find someone who has that creative side. So once I connected with Vic, we, we knew of each other in high school and university, but we were never close, um, never really, you know, worked together closely or anything like that. So once I saw like her PowerPoint, when we first met together, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, <laughs> this makes so much sense. Best visuals um, you've so, ever seen. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think it just clicked in terms of like, her having that strength and my strength being more of like operations kind of problem solving. But then again, I think with engineering, like we both have that problem solving um, side uh, definitely to us. So yeah, it just, it just made sense. And it's made sense ever since, honestly. I was joking with Emma um, the other day and I was like, I remember, so this is our, like we've started little companies together before. This is not the first one. And um, I remember one of the early companies, I thought I could be creative. I was like, oh yeah, we're two creative people. And I posted our first couple of images on Instagram. I look back at those now. I'm like, why did you let me do that? (laughs) Honestly, I just love when two co-founders know their lanes. You can understand each other without having to have two people focus on every little thing. Talk to me about the division of responsibilities and how that started, especially in the early days and then now as you guys have grown. Of course. Well, Kat's always taken the lead on product development. That that is <laughs> that is a sure thing. I've been more on like the packaging, the way things look, and Kat's definitely more on the functional side, which is a good balance. But we we really do balance our our qualities. So like now we've developed to a point where, you know, it's funny, the the bigger you get, the less the less you do of what you used to do, if that makes sense. Um, but you know, now that we have a team of about five, five people, we've really divvied up the tasks. So still taking care of, you know, the marketing, the creative side, the product development we do together, um, you know, thinking of ways to promote the business on, you know, uh, social via like Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. And um working on ways to just like foster a better community or like strengthen the community that we've already started to build. Um, so coming up with a lot of, a lot of those kinds of concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as much as we are, we have our own kind of lanes, we do work together. So often we're in the same room every day, you know, collaborating and thinking of how to improve the brand and improve, um, you know, our, our community and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mostly handle like the accounting, the, the boring stuff law, (laughs) accounting, operations, um, all of that invoicing stuff. So, uh, and we have a really great full-timer who helps us with kind of operations community and uh, sales as well. But we definitely dip our toes into everything, as you can imagine, with a small business. And uh, yeah, we both are involved with hiring and all of that. So yeah, it's been really easy and seamless. Cool. Yeah, it is. It's so nice to able to balance each other out because so many of the things I'm like, I don't even want to think about that. Kelsey's like, I got it. I know it. We're good. Um, And it's so nice to, yeah, I just couldn't do it by myself, I think is what I've learned. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the early days because you said it was 2016. Yeah, 2016. That you launched. Mm -hmm. Um, How was it like getting the brand off the ground? Were there ever moments where you're like, oh my God, this isn't going to work? Was it seamless? Like, just tell us about that experience. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, when we first started and we were setting up, you know, our Google account, our password was one of a kind because we always wanted to get into the one of a kind show. And like early days, we'd do meetings at each other's apartments, at coffee shops. We had full-time jobs, right? So we were meeting in the evenings, on weekends, that sort of thing. 
we were, you know, buying <laughs> candle materials from all over the world, shipping them to our parents' place or shipping them to our condos once we moved in there. And, um, you know, we ventured and tried soap making, which is <laughs> pretty dangerous. So we made that on like my parents' patio. At one point, we used to do candle making nights at my condo here, the same condo where everything started. So melting candle wax on the stovetop and prepping candles and pouring them in a circle. Oh, gosh, we used to do the most bizarre things. We used to take tape and tape around the top rim of the glass so that the wax level was the same for all of them. Like all these just ridiculous things that we thought people cared about when we were making candles. So it was, uh, it was, it was crazy. We spent about two years developing the actual like brand name, the aesthetic. And then it wasn't until I think it was December of 2018 that we actually started um, making the full product. And then we didn't have our first like in-person market until I think February or March. And that's kind of where things started to pick up. Yeah. And we also had some really hilarious like brand concepts. Oh, yeah. Like we were like deciding whether we should base a brand off the periodic table because we were both chemical engineers. And it was absolutely absurd. Like it made no sense. And it I'm made so no glad sense. we didn't go that route. I think we had like Botanica with a K was potentially our brand oh, yeah. name at one point. And yeah. I was doing, I posted a TikTok today about like initial branding because I didn't know what graphic design was. I had no insight into the creative side of branding so I was like working on word trying to create different brand labels and they were so awful so embarrassing (laughs) so yeah just just so funny to think back on it but it all just like led to the right place we found a fantastic graphic designer um, and packaging designer so thank god for her but yeah pretty hilarious concepts hilarious meetings and um yeah, we were doing it full or we were working full time, but we eventually quit um, myself in summer of 2019, my full time job. And then Vic quit in February 2020 to pursue lawn. Yeah. Yeah. So since when it was after we like did our first market, we basically just started doing lots of markets like we did Mother's Day markets, summer markets, just lugging our candles like candles are not light. They're no, very they're heavy. <laughs> I did one Christmas market at an art gallery in Hamilton and you had to walk like at least a kilometer or at least 500 meters to get to the site. And I, <laughs> I'll never forget, like I invested in one of those trolleys right after that because it was just it was just the worst. Um, I could I'm also probably exaggerating. It was just really, really far. But yeah, we did. We We definitely like did a lot of crazy things like making displays, like presenting our product and you kind of just have to like throw yourself out there and um, things didn't really, I mean, it kind of kept at that pace. And then we got accepted into the one of a kind show and they were like, okay, we have four SKUs. What are we going to bring to the show? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. I have a couple of questions I want to ask you, but I'm going to try to exhibit a little bit of restraint and do one at a time. Um, My first question is how, like, were you, did you leave your full-time jobs when your primary sales strategy was going to markets? Was that enough to, to sustain both of you? Well, one thing that we started doing um, in 2019 was custom projects. And that really ah. was built out that year. Um, so we found a gap in the market, the Toronto market specifically, where there were no candle manufacturers that could supply candles or scented products for small businesses. So when we were looking at candle manufacturers, there was you know, a few in the Ontario, their minimums were like 5,000 or 10,000 pieces. And that's just not sustainable. So we were like, okay, why not? 
make scented products for all these amazing local Toronto brands. So that kind of sustained us that year. And that's something um, I was really focusing on until Vic um, joined on. But it was crazy timing with right before the pandemic when Vic quit her job because we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with all the retailers closed down and everything? But yeah, it was honestly most mostly custom and we've really kind of changed gears this year to focus on the brand because we just weren't focusing on the growth um, as much as we should have, although it is really fun to make new products for other other people. But um, that's kind of how we, we ended up focusing on it. It's the chicken or the egg, right? Like it's a lot more fun to work on brand when you've got some cash in the bank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I get that. <laughs> um, it's actually a model we see more and more as we start to ask these types of questions, people will come in, they'll do like almost like an agency approach for a lot of things. And then they'll eventually pivot and do more brand focused stuff. It's, it's just hard to go direct to brand right off the bat. Um, and so my other question for you is you guys were really big in the scent game and in the beauty game. How did we pivot to candles? I see a line, a connection for sure, but did you ever consider doing like wearables or anything in the beauty space? I think just from, you know, when I was working in the cosmetics uh, manufacturing side, just seeing the sheer volume of brands that would launch skincare companies was so daunting. I was like, I think everything's been invented already. Like, I don't know what else there is to invent. I don't know how you're going to compete with these people. Like you need some serious, serious cash to get started because cosmetics, most of that componentry, if it's going to be nice, is coming from overseas. And you need to have a lot of money to be able to get your feet off the ground. And it just seemed like, you know, how, what, what did we want the brand to be? Kat is actually the one that came up with the brand name, Lawn. It means scent in Estonian. Kat's half Estonian, half Lithuanian. And, you know, we, when we were developing the brand, after we went through those insane concepts of the periodic table and Botanica, we were like, how can we tie our like backgrounds into it? So I'm I'm Polish, Kat's Lithuanian and Estonian. You know, we, we were doing some research and we found these ancient trade routes that that at one time were used to trade precious perfume materials. So the first road we found was called the Amber Road and it crossed both of the countries, so Lithuania and Poland. And you know, we were like, okay, this is a journey, lawn means scent you know, maybe with lawn, we're going to scent people's journeys. So I think that's, that's kind of where we started to pivot into thinking more of creating a scent based brand, um, as opposed to a skincare or cosmetics brand cosmetics, I don't think I'd ever do. Um, (laughs) To me, uh, I definitely uh, when I when I worked at Sephora, I was always in the skincare department, just like focusing on (laughs) how to look as young as possible. And um, yeah, I don't know if you have you have some points, Kat. Yeah, I was again like Vic, like with makeup because I was in the makeup industry working on lipstick team um, for Mac and Tom Ford. And as much as I loved cosmetics, um, again, it felt very daunting to get into it, and it just it just seemed so saturated. Um, with Estee Lauder, where I was working, they were always acquiring new brands and you know, we were doing so much competitive research all the time. And I was like, Oh, my God, to innovate in makeup is very difficult to add claims to to different products, like, you know, whether it's moisturization or long lasting, like there's you're you're very limited when it comes to that. So um, I think with scent, as Vic was saying, it is just so powerful. And 
both of us just love the feeling of being in a cozy space um, and having a candle lit moment. And, um, you know, I think scenting your journey is what we're all about. So that's what really is the inspiration for all of our products, having those journeys intertwined with every single collection. Um, and yeah, I think just packaging wise too, we were really inspired and thought we could do something really unique because when we were doing our competitive research, while planning the brand, we were noticing a lot of very minimal black and white crafty brands, and we weren't seeing a lot of color and a lot of, um, innovation when it comes to packaging. So that's where we really tried to set ourselves apart, working with a local printer who, um, created, Rizograph um, printing, which is rice-based or soy-based inks. And we, that's where we got our labels made. It was a local printer downtown. Um, and yeah, I think we just really wanted to focus on like a mid-century modern type design. And it just really wasn't out there at the time. So yeah. Cool. Okay. I have a million questions again, like Kelsey did. And first of all, I just have to say, I agree with like how daunting the beauty industry feels, especially like celebrity skincare and makeup brands. Like how many more celebrities need to launch a skincare brand and how many of them actually like have the experience and the expertise to warrant that? It's something I think about a lot. So I feel that majorly. Totally. And And perfumes too. (laughs) So many perfumes. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Um, And Victoria, I loved what you were saying about, you know, this big decision to leave and not being sure when to leave your job, when to focus on lawn. I left Shopify last July and it was kind of the same thing for me. Like I was really struggling, didn't know how I was going to make this decision or what I wanted to do. What eventually helped you make that decision to make, to jump ship and take this full time? I think I honestly just like told myself, like there is nothing you have to be afraid of. Like, yes, there is. You're not going to have the financial stability. I knew that I had a support system with um, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, and you know my parents, although they obviously want me to have a stable income, I always knew that someone would have my back. And I think just like the problem solving skills or like the resiliency, I don't know, that chemical engineering kind of prepares you for. You're just like, at some point, I just built up the, enough courage to be like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I'm not going to know unless I try. Um, so it, it was a lot of just like self-talk. Because again, no one's gonna, no one's gonna say you should do this or that. Because no one really wants to take that kind of responsibility. But I think at a point, you know, I, everyone has an inner voice. You know, when just something doesn't feel right, and it's it's really just like up to you to act on it. Yeah, I love that, and it is. I think, like you said, like even I don't know. For me, I was like, I want someone to just tell me what to do because I don't know. Ooh, but a lot of the time that's kind of just like an out when it's really like, if you can just get quiet and block out that noise, usually that answers within you. So I love that response. Absolutely. Um, okay. Let's pivot into our quick hit section now. Um, we'll start off with the first one, which is what trait do you most attribute to your success? I think when I think about this question, I kind of think about like our backgrounds um, and the fact that I think our brains were trained to problem solve in school. So, you know, when anything hits us, Vic and I have dealt with a lot of stuff, especially over the last two years when it comes to supply chain and finances, it's been hard, but we always put our heads together and we always find a solution within minutes. Like, I think 
problem solving and resilience are two huge ones, um, especially given, again, what's going on um, in the world and how we've, you know, come come through this this pandemic as a brand. Yeah, I would I would say resilience and problem solving. It also sounds like speed to problem solving. If it's not taking you weeks or months to come up with solutions, you're allowed to you're allowing yourself to pivot a lot faster. Um, are you guys naturally quick thinkers? Yeah, I think I think we both are. We're 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 really good at just you know taking the facts, having a conversation, and being like, okay, like what should we do next? For the most part, I think when when it take it takes us a long time to make a decision, it's because there's just like so many factors involved, and that's yeah. when, and that's really when we start to like draw upon our network and we just reach out to people to get their insight like it's just the two of us really so at some point you can't just keep bouncing ideas off of each other because it's like ping pong it's not going anywhere Mm -hmm. um and you have to reach out to other founders mentors um friends I say that with a grain of salt um to get their their insights (laughs) there's a story there what's the story obviously don't name names but give an example so people know what to look out for Oh, well, I think, you know, when it's a third party, they're just able to give, you know, what's that word when it's like a advice that's, that you're not invested in? Objective. Objective. Yeah. Whereas when you're with friends, you don't know, I don't know. I kind of like to keep my business much, very separate from my friends. I mean, I didn't tell anyone I, oh, I worked on a candle brand for almost two years. Like what? It was a complete secret because I was just not ready for anyone to know. <laughs> so keeping that all very, very hidden for a while. Why why not ready for anyone to know? Um, that's a good question. I think I just like wanted it to be like ready for people to be like, hey, I did this. This is great. And I think just like the 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 act of self-promotion, I try to be very like quiet, like please don't. I don't want you to look at my things. Like, yep. <laughs> Emma knows a thing or two about that. I also can't really talk. I, I kept my relationship with my now boyfriend a secret for over a year. Sometimes you just want to keep things to yourself and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I think I think also one part of our, like one aspect of our trait, we're lucky and I don't know if you two find this as co-founders, is like when we're going through something stressful, it's like one of us is very stressed and one of us is calm and collected. And it's always that way. I don't know how so it works weird. out, but like if I'm freaking out, Vic is calm and vice versa. So we're very lucky we have each other to bounce ideas off of. I like hats off to those who are doing it alone. Um, yeah. Not sure if you two can relate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm the one in crisis more than Kelsey, but we we do both balance it out. Um, and it is usually that like we can yeah, it's only one of us. It's rarely like both of us who are feeling it. I think, I think, okay, I've had a theory about this and I'm not going to tell the story of why I have this theory because you guys are going to think I'm crazy. But um, I think human nature is to restore equilibrium. And so if one person's high, another person has to be low because we're trying to get everyone back to center. So I don't, yeah, I don't even know if it's like a personality thing necessarily as more so just like a maintenance mode. I mean, I'm with that. If if that yeah. can just keep working, I'm totally <laughs> happy with that. I know, I'm with you. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, I just I want to ask a little bit more about like emotional reactions. So you guys are both engineers, and I don't want to generalize. I hate being that person, but it sounds like you're both systems thinkers. Everything's quite clear to you. You think logically and linearly. Um, talk to me about like the emotion of entrepreneurship and when that drives decision making. I think 
both of us have the fault. You can call it a fault or you don't have to, but we're both people pleasers. I think that's something we're working on. Um, just saying no to opportunities and collaborations and things like that. Cause we really want to make everyone happy. We, we want everyone to have a great experience with the brand. We pride ourselves on our customer service. You know, um, Irene on our team does an amazing job with um, our customer service side. And we've had so many compliments on that. So I think that's something, yeah, we've been like working on. I don't know if you would agree, Vic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we do, we do very well in those like very like operational, linear, like problem solving, creative. And then when it comes to like the emotional side, you know, we, we seldom celebrate our wins. And I think we're just like, you know, we need to like pause and be like, oh my God, like we did this, like, this is an emotional win for us. Like we should be like really proud of what, what we've been able to accomplish. Like when we got into Holt Renfrew, it was like a real like pinch me moment for sure. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, just like showing emotions on, no, not emotions, but just like showing more of a personality now that we're, you know, putting our face out there a little bit more on um, TikTok and Instagram, just to get people to connect with, you know, the brand on, a, on another level is, is something that definitely is, I want to say it's out of our comfort zone. Um, but it's not to say that we don't enjoy doing it. Yeah, totally. It's, totally. it's hard to get, it's hard not to get caught up with like competition and what's out there too. I think like sometimes it's as a, as a founder, you kind of focus on that and that's not the right way to do things. You just kind of have to stay in your lane and just know that what you're doing is right. And I think for us, we just need to remind ourselves of that. Um, yeah. Cause we have accomplished a lot, but it's so easy to focus on the negative, like with anything, yeah. with anything going on in your head, mm-hmm. it takes up so much energy, but yeah, we're definitely working on do- being better in that respect and, yeah. and focusing on the positive things. Our graphic so. designer said to me one day when I was just like talking about competitors and brands, she said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I like say that to myself when I like, comparing myself I'm like no I want to be joyful like just stop thinking about it I think like Winston Churchill said that or something like that (laughs) it is such a good one and yeah it's so easy especially with social media and everything to just pay attention to what everyone's doing and have eyes um on other people but I think it's cool now that you're kind of putting your faces behind the brand more too I think that gives you just more competitive edge and competitive advantage of not only your products great but people get to know who you are and that makes them more inclined to support you I would imagine so I love that you're doing that um okay back we're getting back on track with the quick hits questions sorry (laughs) we always no it's it's good we let the conversation go where it wants to go and it's so fun Uh, okay next one what gives you energy for me it's crafting like every single drawer in this house has some kind of crafting element if it's like beading bracelet making painting you name it it's it they're all just like tucked in and like my favorite thing to do is just like pitter patter around the house just like moving things like making little tableaus like (laughs) it's very bizarre my little like crafting habits but that always just energizes me just being more busy I guess (laughs) I think for me, it's um, like traveling, experiencing new things, experiencing new places that really lights me up. Um, yeah, I've always been obsessed with with exploring new places. And when I was studying abroad, I was going to a new city every single weekend. Um, so really definitely missed that aspect. Um, but yeah, I think it really just, 
it exposes you to new new people, new cultures, you know, whether it's going to a museum in a new city or anything like that. I just, yeah, lights me up. Definitely. Yeah. I can imagine how draining the last two years have been then. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Next question is advice for your younger self. Network. Start networking as soon as you are in high school or elementary school. It doesn't matter when. I think there is nothing. I honestly, I was thinking about this driving. The reason people go to university should be just to network. You are there obviously to study, but if you're not building your community, um, you're doing yourself a real a real disservice because the amount of people that you are exposed to while you are in school is is just incredible. And like you never know what you know what the future holds, who you could reach out to for some advice, for some help, for different opportunities, um, you know, for creating your own business, for um, for anything really. I think people that don't understand the importance of creating a network and fostering a network, not just a, I mean, yes, friends, but, you know, be nice to people, Um, you know, remember uh, to just, you know, be kind and help out wherever you can and, you know, start building your LinkedIn account like very, really early. And um, yeah, just, just build that network. I would totally give myself that advice. I think one thing that's important, especially as younger people or, or whoever is figuring out their career, like every step will lead to the right direction and every experience you have, it's like relationships, like you'll always learn something, whether it's a bad or good experience, um, you'll, it'll always take you to the path you desire and what you authentically want to do with your life. Um, so I think like just telling myself, like, I wish I didn't stress so much about every single job I had, like, sure, whatever, I had a free internship, but it led to the right place. And you just kind of have to like, enjoy the journey while you're doing it. Both such good pieces of advice. And I agree. I think it's just like, I say this to Kelsey and a lot of my friends all the time. It's like, you should be good to people just because it's, it's the right thing to do. But I swear that's the best way to get ahead in business is by being a good person, helping people, being true to your word, like all of those things go such a long way. And it's really, it's a small world. I think, especially in the Toronto founder space, in the e-commerce world, like in the tech world, um, everything I've learned is that you never know who knows other people and yeah, your reputation goes a long way. So very, very good advice. Um, next question. What's the last book you read? Into thin air about the Everest disaster. Very depressing, very eventful, but very, very good. I would highly recommend it. I think I read it in like a week. Did you see the documentary about that? Because apparently there was no. this guy, there's this movie called 14 Peaks and he did all 14 peaks over like, I think like 1500 feet or something, maybe meters. I can't, I can't remember, <laughs> but he, yeah. he shows, I think the Everest, whatever happened on Everest. Um, yeah. D- great documentary. Um, my last book was called American Dirt, and it's Kat's book. I took it on my vacation and I read it. It's about um, it's about a family who is murdered by the cartel, and then a mother and her son's journey to get to the U.S. border. And it's crazy. It's a really great book. I've heard really good things about it, and if Oprah has it on her book list, you know, it's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. What is a brand, obviously other than Lawn, that you guys are loving right now? Um, McGuire. Victoria's like I, I never like- thought about another brand. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maguire from Montreal. They're just doing it so well. They um, also, apparently the founders are lovely people. And I feel like that's what made me fall in love with them. Um, love, love their shoes. I think Victoria and I both have pairs from there. I bought my wedding shoes from there, actually. Oh. Um, and I think just like their color, you know, their passion for color. And I think like their feed and just everything they do is really in line with our brand. So naturally, they'd be loved by us. Yeah, I'm like thinking of things that I have bought recently and I'm like <laughs> not drawing up like Stod Stod is a clothing brand. I don't think I've ever bought anything from them, but I I subscribe to their newsletter and I always see their stuff and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to totally buy this in the summer. It's just so super colorful. I have my eye on like one of their beaded bags. They just look so fun and like very cool." Yes, both both great recommendations. I don't have anything from either brand as well, but they're both brands I like keep my eye on. <laughs> um, okay, final question. Who do you think gets it? Oh, I say this a lot, um, but I'm a huge fan of Michelle Romano. Um, she went to Queens two years older. I was in, was in the same year of engineering as her sister, which was really cool. I worked at the tea room, the coffee shop that she created on campus. And that's where I learned how to make espressos and use the barista machine. But I just love following her on Instagram and on LinkedIn. She just has such, such amazing advice that just people need to hear. I'm a perfectionist at heart. And some of the advice that she has is just so straight to the point. Like if you want to be an engineer, like an entrepreneur, I think it was like 99% is execution. 1% is like consultate. Like it was something about like, you have to just execute, start executing, get feedback and then like evolve. It's just, yeah, she's just a resource. And I think she really just gets it. I see her sometimes. She's like down south. And I'm like, that's awesome. You're the CEO of ClearCo and you're on like a month long vacation to Turks and Caicos. <laughs> um, for me, there is a woman called Alex L. And she's from Maryland, I believe. She's a writer and a breathwork coach. Not sure if you've heard of her, but she is incredible. Follow her on Instagram. And she has a podcast as well. Um, she does free Zoom meditations. Uh, on certain Sundays and I did one last week and she just really focuses on self-celebration something that we all need to focus more on and I think this relates kind of to our conversation earlier about like that self-talk um, she literally had me in tears for half an hour like she's incredible she's just such a warm soul and um, she's really great to follow on Instagram you know how you want to curate your feed and make sure you're following people who are actually inspirational and not just like the typical influencer she actually has very educational relatable and like inspirational content so highly highly recommend her oh she sounds amazing is it e-l-l-e so oh, yes so, alex yeah. i believe her handle is alex a-l-e-x underscore l, l yeah on i'm on Instagram. it now yeah, yeah i mean 1.3 million followers <laughs> yeah. no big deal it's fantastic <laughs> Honestly, Kat, Victoria, thank you so much for coming on. I'm forever a fan of Lawn and I love a little color in this world that just needs it right now. So appreciate you coming to speak with us and really excited for the world to get to know Lawn a little bit better. Thank you so much for thank having us. Much. We really appreciate it.
Okay, we are wrapping the conversation here. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Kat and Vic. Um, very easygoing, very free-flowing, and I'd encourage everybody go check them out. Their website is shoplawn, S-H-O-P-L-O-H-N.com. Check out their candles, especially the scent of the month, the subscription that just keeps on giving. Highly, highly recommend. And it wouldn't be the end of a They Get It podcast if we didn't do a little call to action here. So for everyone listening, if you liked this conversation, if you like Lawn or maybe a combination of both, make sure to go check us out on Spotify. We are just getting all of our ratings going on Spotify. So any rating, every rating counts for us. And we just really appreciate you taking the time to open the app and give us the rating. So with that, we will be back next week with more content. Stay tuned. Bye.